We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. That means Andrew P. Shea is back. And more important even than the fact that you're back, Andy, we need to announce our winner from our Ask Ross segment. The winner, best question, Jeremy from Lebanon. Jeremy will be getting in touch with you on how to get your KSN polo shirt. All right, Andy. Tell you what, one item that we didn't cover in quarter number one that was part of the news from the last week or so in college football, it sounds like a subtle change in that the NCAA has changed the rule on having a conference championship game. Previously, I think the wording was if you had 12 teams, wanted a conference championship game, you had to split into two divisions, and the division winners would play. Now they're not requiring that to be the case. The reason why that's important is you have situations where, oh, let's take a hypothetical. Let's say the Big Ten were set up in a situation where the East Division was really strong and so strong that, say, they've won all eight conference championship games, usually in a rout. But your great fear is... You maybe have an undefeated team from one division, say like the East, and maybe a three-loss team from the West, and if they somehow pull off an upset in that championship game, you have maybe the third, fourth, fifth best team representing your conference, perhaps when they expand the playoffs in the playoffs, or you, you miss out on the playoffs because of that upset. Again, that's all hypothetical. All <laughs> hypothetical, Jimmy. I hear you. So what what exactly does this mean for the Big Ten, this rule change? So this rule change is is what it would what it means is if this would have been in effect one year ago today, right? If they would have enacted this one year ago, it would have meant in two thousand twenty one, Michigan and Michigan and Ohio State would have played again in the Big Ten championship game. If the Big Ten adopts this, right, the NCAA made the rule. It doesn't mean the conference has to adopt it. That's my question is, will the Big Ten adopt this and take this on in 2022 and say, okay, the NCAA has said that we are no longer required to have an uh, an East uh, representative from each division in the conference championship game that is no longer required to determine to determine your FBS Power Five conference champion. Are we going to adopt it? I mean, isn't that a? It's the Big Ten we're talking about, Jimmy. Who knows what the heck we're going to do? Now, this was announced, you know, late last week. The Pac-12 has already dissolved its North and South divisions for the upcoming 2022 season. And they have already said, almost immediately said, we're going to pit the two winningest teams in Pac-12 play. Those two teams will play in in the Pac-12 championship game. Will the Big Ten do that? That's my question. It's almost like it makes too much sense not to do it. But then, I don't know, Jimmy, we're talking about the Big Ten. And we remember how they had 
how they struggle with the schedule and COVID and how they were just the, the worst of the conferences by far in figuring out what the heck they were doing. So my first question is, will the Big Ten adopt this for 2022 right away? The NCAA has opened the door. Make sure you don't have your hypothetical undefeated against three loss and get your two best teams in there and give your conference the best chance. Will they adopt that right away is question number one. I really can't see the Big Ten moving that quickly because it's just not their nature. Oh, no. I think twenty-two. <laughs> I think twenty-two will be the same as as we've been seeing, but the question becomes twenty-three, and you know there's multiple ways. Like in the Pac-12, what they're doing, I don't believe they're changing the schedule for this year. They're so not. the South is playing all the teams in the South, and they'll Correct. play a couple crossover games. Correct. And you could do now what's in my mind a little nonsensical is if you're splitting up the divisions and playing a schedule as if you are in divisions, but then oh, we'll take the two top teams from the east to play each other in the championship, winning the West Division is meaningless. I I that doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. I think what you have to do is coincide this with new scheduling, which may mean not have not splitting the divisions, but if you do that, what you have to do is change the schedule because you don't have it based on divisions. Now, what the ACC is doing, Andy, is something they're calling it three-five-five. And by the way, the Big Ten and ACC both have the fourteen teams, so this makes sense. You have your team. There's thirteen other teams. You pick three as rivals. You don't pick the, th- the league does that. Assigns three rivals that you play every year. And then the other two te- uh, ten teams, you alternate five and five. You'll either play the first five or you'll play the second five. But what that also does is change the number of conference games from nine to eight. What do you think of that plan? Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not keen on that because I think determining... I think, yeah, it's it's tough. I don't dislike it, but I think it's tough determining the three, um, the three rival teams and and who determines the three rival teams. Is it the conference determining it? How much say do the schools have? I think that is a, a really sticky wick, sticky wicket for the Big Ten, because the Big Ten is built around two schools and one game that is played on the last Saturday at noon. At either you know, at either the horseshoe or the big house, everything else is comes after that when it comes to the Big Ten. So I don't dislike it, but I think it's a a, a tricky scenario. I I don't disagree with you that the Big Ten will probably not pit its two winningest teams against each other in 2022. It just it, it makes the most sense. Moving forward, I mean, we already do know, Jimmy, that all the schools, all 14 schools in the Big Ten, the schedules that they released like four years ago for 2023 through 2025, they've sort of scrubbed all those future schedules from their websites, all 14 schools. So there is some sort of change coming. Why drag the cart along at a slow pace? Why not? The end game is your hypothetical was let's not have this happen. Okay, we have a, the NCAA has given you a chance to not have it happen. You play your 2022 schedule, 
the Big Ten West champion can still be the Big Ten West champion, and they still might be the second best team percentage-wise in the Big Ten because they're playing in the West. Remember, this is uh, inside your conference games only is the way the Pac-12 is doing it for 2022. It could end up being that team that has the best winning percentage. So I don't dislike the the, the 3 three five five switch thing. I just think maybe there's a, a – it's going to be tough, I think, on the Big Ten to find the rivalry ones. I really think that's going to be a – that's a tough, tough find. You and I had talked about this off air. We talked about this yesterday, Andy, is how to find those rivalries. You mentioned, you know, how much of it is the um, Big Ten office versus how much will the teams have a say. Very simple answer. You know, you just pick up the phone, you call the Ohio State Athletic Director, the Michigan <laughs> Athletic Director, and ask them what they're supposed to do, just like how they run everything else in the conference. Obviously, there are... You know, all kidding aside, well, maybe I'm not even kidding with that, but there are the obvious rivalries, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, Indiana, Purdue, the intrastate, Illinois, Northwestern, they make sense. But on the surface, if you say who should Penn State play, three of the first names you think of are Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. And you think the same thing among those other teams. The problem with that is you end up right where you were with the divisions. Correct. So you've got to balance a little bit rivalry with having the best games for television's sake, the games that draw people to the TV set. And you also have to look at a little bit of balance where it's – I'll take Penn State out of it, but let's use Michigan. Do you give Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Penn State as their three rivals? That's not fair to them. So there's got to be a little bit of a balance, too, on the schedule. So, you know, we're talking to a Penn State audience. What makes sense for Penn State for three rivals if they were going to go down that route? So if the university was picking them, I would pick, I would take Michigan, right? If I'm the Penn State athletic director and they say, hey, you got your three picks, I would take Michigan. I would not, I know, I know there's a hate with Ohio State for Penn State fans. And I I think it's more one way hate than Ohio State fans because I think Ohio State fans are so self absorbed that they don't really care who they play. It doesn't matter to them. They always think they're the best team. They're always going to win. They usually do. Um, there's just a, uh, that, that's just the way their fan base is constructed. I think there is a genuine hate from the Penn State to Ohio State. I would take Michigan. I would kind of avoid Ohio State for all the right reasons. I would take Maryland. I think Maryland has history with Penn State that goes prior to the Big Ten. I think it's geographically a convenient game. It's good for your fan base that they can go to that game. They travel and go to that game. And I would take Rutgers for the same reason. That if they said school gets to choose or has input, that is where I would go. I would go Michigan, Rutgers, and Maryland, and that's it. I think what's more likely to happen is, obviously, I think Michigan will have both Ohio State and Michigan State as rivals. I think for Penn State, I think they'll give Penn State Michigan State as you know a rival game because they've been trying to promote that as a rivalry for a while, and it kind of makes sense. What I think they will do for Penn State then, or I would recommend, 
alternate Michigan and Ohio State as part of those two five teams, it balances the schedule a bit. And it does the same thing for Michigan and Ohio State, where they don't have to play Penn State every year, but they get them every other year. So that creates a balance. Then I think Penn State would have to get either Rutgers or Maryland for geography, if not both. But if you want to do, and this I'll uh, give credit to our buddy Dustin, who suggested, how about Iowa, you know, as a different kind of team, and there's been a rivalry there. I'll give you a last thought on this, Andy. Oh, let's. we're going to talk more about this during the offseason. Let's make sure we do, because I think there's several options a conference has that Penn State fans would be interested in, and ex- and expanding to 16 teams includes one of them. I'm not sure we're going to see that for a while, Andy, because I'm not sure there's any obvious logical choices. But that is it for our show. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind We Are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com.